Now tuning into Fandom Rant Radio. guest put our service to the test anyways welcome back to fandom rant radio i'm joined here with the moses bros and later on we will talk about that little easter egg um so this is a crazy movie we watched lion king a lot a lot of people loved it a lot of people did not like it <clears throat> the lone gunman devin and clint <clears throat> gave it a 50 percent on tomatoes so it's striking a crazy reaction by fans but you can't argue with the box office. And already in the box office, it's dominated. But before we jump into all that, I just want to welcome back Peter and Steven. They haven't been on the podcast in a while. What up? Good to be back. Yeah. Last time you guys were here was, was it the Shazam? Uh, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. Yep. We're back. We just watched Lion King this morning and we're here to rant about it and possibly talk about some comic book movies. We all know that he wants to talk about all it. I Peter. Say is that I found out about this before Peter. Which is very rare when it comes to. That's <laughs> because he was driving. It's because I was driving. driving. <laughs> All right, Peter, hit us, known. hit us with it. Okay, so for those of you who have been following Phantom Rant on Instagram, we're just like following the DCEU in general, mm-hmm. and just honestly, comic book movies in general. Right. You n- sort of know about the whole mythical Snyder cut. We've talked about <laughs> it on uh, here on this episode. We've had um, obviously Ryan has made Instagram posts about it. Oh and, yeah. Uh, DCEU versus MCU. <laughs> Everything, Everything. What's wrong with the what's DCEU? Wrong with the DCU? <laughs> Go listen yeah. to those if you haven't. Shazam. Shazam. Product yeah. placement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Shameless but, plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Basically, um, a lot of developments have been happening with the Snyder Cut. Not necessarily. We don't obviously don't know what's happening behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, at Warner Bros. And we're hoping that Ann Sarnoff, the new CEO, listens to fans and, mm. you know, get and we'll Give the me cut. my movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fire Toby Emmerich. Um, he's basically the, like the last guy remaining in terms of the old regime who messed up Justice League. Basically the Nazis. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, no, but basically uh, a lot of people have been posting stuff. Um, Zack Snyder today uh, posted a picture of Wonder Woman decapitating Steppenwolf, which is how um, he was supposed to die in oh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, they basically changed it in the theatrical cut to her just cutting his axe. Because they were like, oh, too dark, you know, kid friendly, like all that. They they tried to fall, do yeah. that, and and you you said that his head was supposed to fall through to a caption was not sure how they killed Steppenwolf in the theatrical cut of JL, which he still hasn't seen the theatrical cut of Justice League. Um, but uh, this was never finished all the way. Uh, talking about his picture, but he says, "I use gods to kill gods." So oh. Wonder Woman killing Steppenwolf. His severed head rolls to Darkseid's feet. Oh, so his head was supposed so to cool. like fall back through the boom tube and Darkseid was supposed to be on the other end. Um, those of you who have been, I guess, keeping up with what Phantom Rain has been posting or even just um, comic, big comic Anything, book movie yeah. news, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he's been posting a lot of pictures such as uh, like pictures of Cyborg because Cyborg was supposed to be like the heart of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Oliva, obviously, Steve and I have talked about him on the epi- on, uh, episodes and everything mm-hmm. where... Uh, he worked on Justice League with Snyder, and he's been talking uh, 
about the Snyder Cut and telling telling everyone how it exists. Yeah. Fabian Wagner, who is the cinematographer for uh, Justice League, uh, Snyder's Justice League, and he didn't. He was he's the cinematographer for Game of Thrones, uh, so uh, he didn't do Whedon's Justice League because he was off uh, because reshoots were not planned, and so he mm. was off doing uh, season eight of Game of Thrones, and so I think they brought in his backup uh-huh. or something. Um, and so he's a great cinematographer and everything. And he's been posting recently a bunch of pictures on his Instagram, mm-hmm. um, such as he posted some BTS pictures of Superman, of Cyborg, of Batman, Wonder Woman. He pic- posted some stuff of uh, Silas Stone, uh, just a bunch of behind the scenes stuff of Justice League. Um, so of, well, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Uh, so if you guys want to go check that out, go uh, look up his Instagram. All of that's been happening, but then also a bunch of fans uh, who really want the Snyder Cut have come together for something called Project Comic Con. So, and they've raised over twenty six thousand dollars to advertise the Snyder Cut at Comic Con, with half of that going to uh, the American um, Society for Suicide Prevention or American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I think that's what it is, um, basically in memory of uh, August Snyder. Uh, or oh. not August, Autumn Snyder, Autumn. who is uh, Zack Snyder's daughter who committed suicide during post-production of Justice League, yeah. which is a scapegoat that Warner Bros. used to, um, you know, sort of say he's stepping down, even though they sort of used it as a scapegoat to fire him. Articles being written about it, like uh, the Washington Post yeah, wrote an article. Was, the Ra- Washington Post <laughs> wrote an article about the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and In case a- you didn't know, it's a big thing, guys. <laughs> we mainstream now, boys! <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... so um, Hopefully, Warner Bros. will, you know, listen to the yeah. fans and not be dumb for once. Yep. <laughs> so pretty much, Peter's over here in the corner, holding the Snyder cut in his arms, saying, <laughs> "My precious." <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yep. Anyways, guys, that was a good discussion and an education on Snyder cut by Peter Moses. Listen, <laughs> Thank you. listen yeah. more. It wouldn't be a fandom right episode with Peter. It would. <laughs> yeah, if there was no Snyder cut, fandom, it wouldn't be the same if he didn't start ranting about the Snyder yeah. cut. Yeah. But anyways, we are here to talk about something else as well, which is The Lion King 2019. And it's already roaring in the box office uh, <laughs> uh, with breaking Disney records with $80 million already domestically. I don't know. like Obviously, it doesn't have a good score in Rotten Tomatoes. From, which, critics. from fans, critics. Fans like fans it. Fans like it. Um, our buddies, Lone Gummin, who we talked about earlier, don't like it. But, I mean, it's Lion King. How can you not go see it? Mm-hmm. It's the Disney movie. Like, they're doing a remake of it. How can you not go see it? So, I understand some people maybe not liking it, but to, you have to see it to experience it. So, I, I don't I don't see these numbers going down at all. I think it's going to keep growing. I mean, this is The Lion King, which I think is, like, the greatest animated movie ever made. Oh, yeah. And so, you have... It's been such... one of It's one of the most beloved movies, like, ever made, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In terms of just like the fan base, it has how much people actually love this movie. Yeah. Um. And so, even with the negative critical reception, which it's being compared to the original, and it is an adaptation, so it's definitely understandable. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just the magic of the Lion King, even though it, I mean, do we? Did all three of us think it's as good as the original? No. Like yeah. even when it was announced. I don't think any of us expected it to be no. as good as the original. But we went to go see it because Hans Zimmer was back. Praise the Lord! <laughs> yeah, basically Peter Moses worships Hans Zimmer. <laughs> and also the visuals. Like, how can you not? Visuals. James Earl Jones is back. He's Got back. Beyonce in this. Oh, man. Spirit! <laughs> <laughs> 
Seth Rogen as Pumbaa? Come on. <laughs> really Eichner. Oh, man. Seth Rogen is the perfect casting for Pumbaa. Yeah, it was good. That's I'm pretty sure Seth Rogen models his life after Pumbaa. <laughs> All right. Well, before we start dissecting like why this movie was different from the original, what was your guys' biggest takeaway after the theater? Like biggest thing. Like, it could be negative. It could be positive. It could just be something random. This movie was better than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. Some things like I've heard from people I knew that went and saw it that, oh, they didn't do this as good. They didn't do that as good. But uh-huh. I went in, watched it. I mean, they gave a kind of most. Con- I was most concerned about Scar as uh, they didn't bring back Jeremy Irons, the Ooh, iconic Scar voice. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the guy's name. He's, Shime- he's the guy who plays one of the wizards in uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. He's also in uh, 12 Years a Slave. He's a fantastic actor. But I was really concerned about his voice and how he was going to do Scar. But they kind of rechanged Scar in a way to match him. And yeah, it was good. He was different. Yeah. Which, uh, while yeah. Scar, Jeremy Iron Scar is the charismatic manipulator, uh, he was more of. He was dark. He was dark. He was menacing. He was a th- he, he was more of a threat than Jeremy really Irons, a, a physical humor. threat. Jeremy Irons scar had a sense of humor. Mhm. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. By uh the direction they took with Scar. All right, Peter. What's your biggest takeaway? I think we I all mean, know what it is. The score. Yeah, like just talk about it. Here you go. <laughs> Five uh, minutes on the clock, go. Whoa, whoa, five minutes, two minutes, okay, 25 two minutes, seconds. Two minutes. I mean, I think basically Lion King is like one of my top three favorite movies ever, probably at number two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, it's not even like a nostalgia thing with me, um, with loving the original. It's like I sort of fell in love with the original Lion King in like the beginning of 2018, I think it was. That's what, that was when I like, really and he was 20 by the way 21 20 (laughs) 20 20 yeah (laughs) in love with the children's movie when he was 20 Um, hey man it's hamlet animated um i i being like a big hans zimmer fan that's when i really really started to get back into it and obviously everyone watches lion king when there's a kid when they're a kid but like obviously i i didn't love it love it as a kid like, obviously, I, I liked it. Like, I mean, who doesn't like The Lion King? But it wasn't, like, one of those movies that really, really stuck with me. Yeah. And then I just, like, I was like, oh, Hans Zimmer scored this. And that's just, like, <laughs> when I was, this oh one was, like, when I, re- when I was really, really starting to get into film scores. And so I was like, oh. And, like, I was, like, even seeing people online, I'm like, oh, this might be his, one of his best, if not his best uh, score that he's ever uh, did. So I listened to it. I watched scenes from the movie, and I'm like, I love this movie. <laughs> and so even though I hadn't, I li- probably hadn't seen it in like five years, like at, at least. Yeah. And so um, basically once they announced the movie, like I said, I wasn't expecting it to match the original, but I was like, okay, the music. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. they bringing back everyone who were, and they brought back everyone who worked on the original music, Hans Zimmer, yeah. uh-huh. uh, Elton John, the Leto, Tim Rice. Like they brought back everyone who was doing the music. So I was like, yeah. I'm in, 100 in. Like yeah. I don't care if it's as good as the original. Basically, right. what I want from this uh, movie is different arrangements of Hans Zimmer's score from The Lion King, like from mm. compared to what we got on the original um, soundtrack. And that's exactly what I got. So, so yeah. I'm and one thing like 
I'm not a big crier for movies. Like I, I oh rarely boy. cry. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Bro, this Hans Zimmer's score for The Lion King. I, I think it is his best scored movie. Um, the original. It's basically yeah. the same thing. So I basically put these two just as the yeah. same. Um, but I literally cried seven different times during this movie. <laughs> What a baby. Oh my what gosh, you cry during movies. The only time I cried in this movie was when Simba was running home and then I just heard Beyonce singing. <laughs> no, no, like I'm not a big crier. I like don't get like overly emotional during movies typically, but like Hans Zimmer's score for The Lion King, it's the only yeah. movie he's won an Oscar for, um, which is kind of a travesty. It's, but Yeah, it's surprising. I didn't um, know that. But like seven different times during the movie, and it's not even necessarily because of the story. It's literally it was just the score, just yeah. like moves me to tears. And it's like, yeah, that's Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer's the goat. Well, okay, I know. I've <laughs> okay, <laughs> Peter, you don't know anything. <laughs> Stop it. Now, Hans Zimmer's the goat. Okay, period. Okay, period. 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 Has scored 134 <laughs> movies. We know. No, no. Okay, so obviously, I've said. We'd always talk about Hans Zimmer being the like the goat or whatever. I've like said that like on the podcast like yeah. times, but like no one's gonna pass John Williams. Like I'm just gonna John put that Williams. out there. Like, John he's Williams unpassable. copied people for his scores. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, he's not original. <laughs> Anyways, with that, well, my favorite part of Lion King, I'm gonna say because you guys didn't say it, was the visuals. Like I think that was one of the biggest reasons bringing everyone back to the theater is a live action version of Lion King. And even Lion King, when it came out in what, 94? 94. Mm -hmm. was like incredible animation um, before they had community animation for, uh, what is it, Toy Story? Yep. Um, But then they're talking about this live action and it was just, the trailers doesn't do it justice. Like, it was amazing. And I, I, a lot of complaints were like, oh, you couldn't see expressions on the characters because it wasn't animated. But I mean, that's some of the trade-offs with doing a live action. Like, how are you supposed to do yeah. a lion having like facial features as an animated Simba? You know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't translate. So you kind of have to give some of that up if you want to do live action. If you want the visuals, which I was okay with. Like, if I want to see those animated visuals, I'll go see the Lion King that came out in '94. Mm-hmm. But this was a different feel, and I liked it. I liked it yeah. a lot. Not as much as the original, which obviously we'll talk about that later. Why we didn't like it as much. But if you guys want to go into, we're going to pretty much, I took notes during the whole movie of all the new scenes added in to the this Lion King. Mm-hmm. And we can just list them. If, in case you guys missed any of them, we'll just go down the line. And I'll, I'll start and we'll just go around in a circle. So this is all in chronological order. So to start off, the very first thing we got that was unique was just an extra long scene with the mouse after, um, I think it was after Circle of Life. Yeah, second one is after the whole confrontation with uh, Mufasa as Scar is leaving. He tells Mufasa, I wouldn't uh, dream of challenging you twice. Twice. And they kind of they show the scar on Scar's face mm-hmm. when he says that as if he cha- in the movie version, he challenged Mufasa already yeah. and that was the price he paid. Mm-hmm. for doing it something they didn't really touch on in the original mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting there's some uh, more there's more things that i have in here anyways uh after that there's a whole joke like a little running joke during, <laughs> throughout the movie about zazu's brother um who thought he was a woodpecker 
<laughs> so that's that's like mentioned uh, in the beginning of the movie. That's like one of the ways that Zazu sort of. I guess that's his go-to to sort of just distract Scar like later in the movie and <laughs> decrease tension. You know, my brother thought he was a Marvel sheep. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, he wasn't a Marvel sheep. There we go. Anyways, um, one thing I thought was interesting is. In the elephant graveyard scene, one of the hyenas mentions how the lions and hyenas have always been at war, which is something I never really thought about, which is, what do you guys think about that? Like, obviously in the original, it's not that big a deal, mm-hmm. but in this one, it, it made it seem more like, oh, there's this huge conflict between lions yeah. and hyenas. Like a historical conflict. Yeah. And the animated kind of gives you feel like they're the outsiders. They've right. been like banished away from the Pride Lands and they have to live in the Shadow Realms because there's no place for scavengers like them. Right. But in this, it kind of seemed like the Shadow Realm was their territory. Yeah. And they were kind of like trying to push into the Pride Land versus being confiscated to an area. Yeah. It was almost so, like a conquest type of story. Mm-hmm. It's like they're taking land. Yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting. All right, Peter. Um, they also changed why Simba was in the Gorge. Uh, yeah in the first place so with the whole in the original it's like scar was like oh i'm gonna you know i have a present for you just wait here yeah then he said mm-hmm. uh mufasa had a gift for you or something like that yeah i don't really remember why he was really in the gorge in the first place <laughs> but. but then but in the uh in the remake they have him say like oh practice your roar yeah. and that'll make that's how you make up to, for mufasa mm-hmm. make up to make it up to mufasa for disobeying him and going in the elephant graveyard right. yeah. which obviously you see in the movie um in the original how like he's tr- trying to practice his roar anyway yeah but like yeah. they actually had a reason for why they he practiced his roar yeah. in the remake so, that's that was interesting yeah yeah anyways uh next one up we have scar uh kind of wanting sarabi sarabi is mufasa's wife the queen uh scar wanting sarabi as as his queen and uh yeah this happened i think through three kind of th- kind of three there are mentions different areas so like once when he had an encounter with mufasa he says i will always respect the queen or something along the lines of that and then two straight up telling sarabi after the death of mufasa like i want you by my side i want you by my side uh the lions would benefit if you were my queen Yeah, it it was interesting. I don't know how I felt about it. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think it just gave Scar's character a little bit more depth. Yeah. Like, he's not as charismatic as he used to be, but he has this whole other side where he's kind of like, maybe he was in love with Sarabi at some point. It's an interesting thing to think about. Um, Another one was, they showed Nala sneaking out of Pride Rock. Like, in the original, she just shows up in... Uh, and meets up with Simba like later on in the movie, but they actually show her sneaking out of Pride Rock, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of a cool scene. Which is where uh, the whole Zazu. Another time Zazu <laughs> yeah, uses Hey, I had a brother who thought, <laughs> he, he, thought he was a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> Ever told you that story? Yup. Oh. And then. Yeah, so they also, you know, obviously the big theme of The Lion King is the circle of life. Yeah. And so they sort of have ah, a. a Senya. They sort of have a little bit of a scene. I guess where it's like the line of life. I guess where like Sim- uh, Timon and Pumbaa, yeah. they're like explain to him, oh, life's not a circle because that means like what I do affects this person and this right. person and this person. Whereas uh, it's just a line, just like do whatever you want. And so yeah. like it's like the the contrasting ideas, uh, the philosophical way that mm-hmm. um, Timon and Pumbaa live versus the way that like lions and uh, live and, and Simba how Simba was, was raised. Yeah. yeah, 
That's interesting because they talk about that in the original, but they don't draw another analogy of the circle of life. Yeah. Yeah. And they did that in this, which is cool. Um, <laughs> then we had a montage of the famous hairball. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. What was up with this? Why was it? Okay, I get it. It's so important. Like, there's a scene in the original when Simba, like, falls on the ground and then like some dust flies in the air and like maybe a hairball then he goes to Rafiki and he's like oh Simba's alive (laughs) but in the remake this is kind of a squabble like I think John Favreau was like oh what are we gonna do to make this longer oh I got it five minutes of a hairball getting to Rafiki it's a a group of little hairs that just get they it's kind of cool in the way they show it but it's kind of weird in the way they show it I mean it falls off Simba. And like then... this hairball had more of a journey in this movie than Simba did. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it flies off of him, then it gets eaten, eaten by, by giraffe, giraffe, pooped out, rolled around by a dung then beetle. Ant thinks it's a ant picks it up and carries it around as if it's a leaf, and then Rafiki gets grabs it. it. But then some other... But it it takes a long time to go through. It's a long process <laughs> like, for this little like, bunch this of hair. This kind of creeped me out. Yeah, like when they first like showed the obviously everyone knows the plot. The Lion King and everything. Yeah. It's not like, oh, spoilers, Mufasa dies or yeah. anything. Like everyone knows what's gonna happen. It's just, you know, watching it and experiencing it. So it's like, um, when the hairball first like landed in the water, like the little chunk of hair, and the bug landed on it. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting them to do a whole montage, so I thought it was like the bug landed on it, the bug was gonna end up like somehow finding its way to Rafiki. Yeah. And then Rafiki's like Somehow, like, you know, gets a whiff, like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. This bug has been somewhere. I know this smell. And then it's like, uh-huh. he figures out Simba's alive that way. And then instead of, like, doing that, whereas, like, the bug lands on it, then it's like, the bird takes it. And, yeah, like, the whole, it's like, I was not expecting, like, some whole, it, poops it whole out. journey for the, you know, the little piece of hair. Which I thought was interesting because this movie actually focused on, like, in, there's a lot of scenes with insects and uh-huh. rodents, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. How do you guys feel about all the insects we got in this movie? Lots of insects. A lot of insects getting eaten. Um, <laughs> they had a lot of other time, a uh, screen time for different animals that they showed around, like living yeah. in the environments, like with a especially in the paradise. Yeah, with, the Akuna Matata paradise. Yeah, Akuna Matata paradise. They, there was like a whole community there. Yeah, it was a whole clan. So it was it was a cool thing to see, and. Uh, even as when we t- they uh, we already mentioned the line of life, but even as we're talking about that, like Simba's breaking apart like wood and stuff, and allowing the other animals to eat, showing that it's even though as they talk about uh, the line of life, they're showing that it is a circle and that Simba breaking like this termite mound open is providing like food for. All the like easy food for all the other animals in there and all yeah. that. Yeah, it's a cool little. They de- they definitely honed in and zoomed in on some like smaller conflicts mm-hmm. while f- still focusing on some them. little ph- philosophical. Conflicts. I mean, they're filling third. Like they added what thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. So I mean, you got to do some yeah. things that are still entertaining and still serve a purpose. Anywho. Steven. You know what? I'm just going to let you talk about this one because this is like... (laughs) (laughs) This is my... Okay. So, the scene when Simba realizes um, he needs to come home and he's talking to Rafiki. He has the the moment with Mufasa in the sky, which we all know the famous line, remember. And I mean, obviously I cried during it. Mm. But like, I'm expecting like the theme to play, the remember theme. And then all of a sudden, Simba's running home and you just hear... 
Spirit! <laughs> Beyonce. I'm just like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, obviously, I knew that her song was going to be in there somewhere. But... Uh, I, I want the Remember track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been a good end credit song. Mm-hmm. But, but they, they were probably just like, with, when negotiating with Beyonce, it was like... yeah. My movie, my song had better be in the movie. Right. And I mean, it, it wasn't a bad place to put the song. Yeah. <laughs> what if they played Spear, like, as a Simba's taking the... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyways. And the last one, I'll let Steven say this, which was <laughs> what we opened the episode with. The very first thing we said. Be our guest. This was an Easter egg. If you guys didn't catch it, you haven't been watching enough Disney movies, clearly. And what does this reference come from, Stephen? Beauty and the Beast. With a Lumineer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this man's Ryan Kensler keeps calling Lumiere L- Lumineer. The, the disrespect to Ewan McGregor and everyone else who's played this character in the animated and the Broadway and everybody in the world. It's Lumineer. Lumiere. Oh Lumineer. But what happens here, be our guest, is uh, they need to get by the hyenas it's to the get scene, to the Pride scene Rock. Doing the live bait thing, yeah. It's the live bait with Pumbaa. Timon starts off with his French accent and starts, you know, starts yeah. off with be our guest before they the hyenas kind of oh, chase did, him did, off. Did he even finish be our guest? Or did he it was kind like of a guest, and then and then they run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, but we know where he was going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he even had a French, a- a French accent. French accent. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Like when he first started, he's like, "I was like, wait a minute, hold." I was like, "Wait a minute, they're not actually." Oh, they did it. <laughs> that was a That's hilarious cool. scene. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many like connected things in mm-hmm. Disney movies. Like to obviously, a lot of little- Hercules, the original. Um, Zazu mentions uh, scarbing a good throw uh, throw rug throw rug or something. And then in Hercules, you actually see a rug that looks like Scar. Well, yeah. so many things. Yeah. Is, was it a rug or? It, it was, was like some tapestry thing that Hercules it was kind of like wore, yeah, like a, a lion coat, cape. Yeah. I don't know. The me and lion kind. The fact is, he threw it on the ground <laughs> like a throw rug, <laughs> like a throw rug. <laughs> Got it, throw rug. Ha ha ha. Anyways, so in the beginning of this episode, we did mention how it's not. We don't enjoy it more than the original, and now we'd like to give you some reasons why. Um, this is kind of irrelevant, but all the scenes in the remake were in the same order as the scenes in the original which i kind of enjoyed mm-hmm. yeah. i think that was necessary i don't know just something i'm throwing out there but anyways some reasons we didn't like it as much is voice acting for scar for me i thought that was the worst part like i know you guys kind of enjoyed it but i don't know it just I think it worked for his character, though. Yeah, that's the reason I enjoyed it. Because, I mean, if they tried to do what Jeremy Irons did, it yeah. wouldn't have worked. I mean, there's just something about Jeremy Irons' <laughs> voice and his the charisma his voice carries. Like, yeah. his voice carries yeah. charisma, like Jeremy Irons. Yeah. But, yeah, it wasn't as good. Scar was definitely not as good yeah. as the OG Scar with Jeremy Irons. But Like, I do think there were a few lines that he said that were obviously meant for Jeremy Irons yeah. and just didn't translate well. But it was just very few moments. I thought the scar overall, was, he surprised me. I think he was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I like was pleasantly surprised because I went in with to this movie with such low expectations for yeah. Scar. 
Like, cause I was like, they're not bringing Jeremy Irons, Irons yeah. back. Like, mm-hmm. Jeremy Irons just has that voice. You know, like yeah. I think Scar is the best Disney villain. He is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, period. And obviously, there's the whole they didn't bring Brie prepared like the full song in, and it was an interesting way that they like incorporated it, it into the movie. Yeah. yeah. But like at the same time, I was like, I was expecting like the score to be just as good mm-hmm. as the original, which I definitely think it was. Yeah. But, um. The soundtrack, I was just like, I've got the OG stuff to listen to. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> so I was just like, yeah. eh, the overall, um, like with regards to Scar, like Steven said, he was a different type of Scar. And I think yeah. overall they adapted it. worked it. for the movie and what they yeah. did, but it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't Scar yeah. in a way. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Anyways. My my yeah. biggest quarrel with the movie was it was so hard to distinguish between the lions. Yeah, and that was mainly in the ma- the la- final act. The final act with Scar the and uh, Simba fighting each other. I, I couldn't tell who was who. Neither did I. I was like, I'm like, who's dying? Who's and not? especially the scene when uh, Nala goes up against that other hyena chick who's yeah. supposed to be their leader, and Shenzi. I was like. Is this Nala or is this Sarabi? I really don't know. And then the scene where Nala was sneaking out, I 100% thought it was Sarabi going to try to kill Scar while he slept. That's what I thought yeah. it was, straight up. And then Zazu's like, where are you going, young lady? And I'm like, oh, oh. it's not Sarabi. <laughs> That's Beyonce. I mean, like, I think it makes sense because in the in the wilderness lions don't look so different they're not like humans they don't yeah. look, their facial expressions aren't 100% different they do look similar but i think that it would have been easier if maybe they add a little bit of color on some different ones the red mane for simba and mufasa <clears throat> what yeah <laughs> definitely lacking some color i did notice that scar's mane was kind of black though yeah i did notice that um but overall i think the film kind of lacked some color i think maybe it's just the theater we watched it in but I think a lot of the scenes, with besides maybe the paradise with Simba, Pumbaa, and Timon, that was really colorful. But like pretty much everywhere else, yeah, especially like scenes in darkness, in the dark, mm-hmm. it really you couldn't really tell. Colors and just they went together. after that realistic approach, that realistic right. feel, because that is realistic. Yeah, they're going for more realistic, and it's at the end of the day, it's just a preference. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyways, like you can't really blame someone for disliking that yeah. approach and you can't really say you oh, can't blame disney yeah. for doing the movie that movie isn't bad because of the color grading yeah i mean it's just a preference it's just something you would have liked to see right but yeah. it doesn't have an effect on the plot of the movie or whether it's a good movie or not one thing i also noticed which isn't necessarily a negative is that they definitely toned down the silliness a lot in this movie mm-hmm. yeah they made it, it definitely was going for more of a realistic very um, serious serious and more of a more of an epic type Mm -hmm. of story instead of like a family comedy yeah family comedy family story coming of age of a lion yeah (laughs) of a lion (laughs) skirt skirt uh yeah no the hyenas where they're mostly comic relief with uh shenzi bonze and uh ed they changed the names of Bonzi and Ed. Yeah. I don't remember what their names were. I don't remember. They weren't that big of they a weren't, role. Yeah, they weren't. And even though the it was, hard, it was no, a little. No, King. No, 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 no. That was even in it. <laughs> <laughs> it was even hard to like Ooh, say distinguish it again. between the, the, the hyenas. hyenas as well, yeah. 
Yeah. I can only tell because Ed was a little bit bigger. But yeah. Or whoever Ed was supposed to be. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't remember the names. He could talk really well. Like the the old Ed was um he just like <coughs> grunted and bit his leg. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's in the Lion King. There's lots of silly scenes, and this one just felt a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which isn't bad. It's just a different take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even going along the lines of like not necessarily like silliness but something that they definitely did change was like i can i did mention this to you guys earlier but like how cinematic it was they tried to make it like more realistic versus yeah. like cinematic like whether that was simba going up to climbing up to pride rock or like when even, it was raining and he goes with the music yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like a he's walking like a lion yeah he's yeah. walking versus like in the animated movie he's like it's like a very triumphant walk uh-huh and everything whereas this this the one in the remake was just basically just like normally walking like a lion or like when in the opening, obviously it's typically when it's like the circle of life and it like pans over. Just like that. <laughs> and, and it like pans over and then all of a sudden you see Pride Rock and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't as like it's cinematic as, like yeah. that or like um, last example I'll use is like um, right before when he's in the gorge and the whole stampede is about to happen. You know how in the original like like basically zooms in yeah, on Simba's yeah. face like it wasn't like that it was basically like just he saw it in the yeah. in the remake and just like turned around and another example of how it's this one wasn't as cinematic was when uh, um, Rafiki is presenting Simba yeah at baby Simba then also Simba's son or daughter, daughter at the very very end and like in the animated it like zooms in really fast and like zooms out or something and then in this one it was just kind of like bloop <laughs> he's up there <laughs> but I mean it wasn't bad yeah it was just kind of like it, was, I feel it like wasn't they, as epic. I don't they tried to make it be like, oh, with like how would animals actually? Yeah, like, how would this look? It like? was how very they realistic, and, and they did a great job with yeah. that. Yeah, but being realistic has a price, has a cost, yeah. Yeah. and uh, cinematography was one of them. Yeah. Another thing that I really missed from the animated was Rafiki's voice. There you go. Yeah, one thing I really missed from the animator was Rafiki's voice. Yeah. Just the voice actor. Unfortunately, uh, he passed he away. He passed away in yeah. 2017, but... Follow Rafiki. He knows the way. <laughs> yeah. I think Rafiki, he was good, but I think... I don't know. He, like, I wanted this scene when he's leading uh, Simba back to Mufasa where he says, Follow Rafiki. He knows the way. How hard is that to do? <laughs> But, but yeah. yeah anyways another one of our negatives was we thought simba's turnaround was a little too fast mm-hmm. i think you wanted to talk about this peter yeah like with you know how in the original and what, what i mean by turnaround it's you know when simba's doubting himself he's like he doesn't want to go back to pride rock and yeah face scar after uh nala tells him like we oh we need you mm-hmm. but then he has that encounter with his father after Rafiki's like oh i know your father yeah and everything um and in the original, he basically has the whole. Um, he, he has hits that. His head. He has that whole encounter with Mufasa and everything after Rafiki's like, um, sort of shows shows him and, um, and then he's still sort of doubting himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, Rafiki knocks some sense into him. Being like, literally, literally, yeah. <laughs> Takes a stick. I love that scene in the original. Yeah. Um, and so, and then Rafiki's the. I guess the nail in the coffin that like basically causes Simba to go back. Whereas for this in the remake, which is something I definitely didn't like as much was the fact that right after the whole um, revelation, the encounter with with, uh, Mufasa, 
He goes, I am Simba, son of Mufasa, and then he goes back he right away. away. I thought that was a little... Spirit! <laughs> yeah, then he goes... <laughs> Pretty much within one minute of that film, it was, remember who you are. I am Simba, son of Mufasa. Spirit! <laughs> it was kind of rush. Because that, that's like one of my favorite moments of the movie, yeah. and especially when Rafiki teaches him another lesson. It's kind of like his mentor in a yeah. way, where he hits him on the head. And then he tries to hit him again, but he learns. And yeah. the whole lesson is you learn from your mistakes in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. And then I think that was just like, it's like another chilly willy part of the movie. Because when you watch Lion King, you always get the chills. Oh, yeah. Um, and they kind of skipped over that, which I don't know why they did that. Yeah, it was kind of glossed over. That, I love that moment. But for whatever reason, they skipped that. Yeah, like the original Lion King. I mean, honestly, even the remake too, because it is an adaptation has like, so many underlying like themes and all the symbolism with regards to you know like being a better person or like you know finding your destiny or like whatever it is and like all this stuff but yeah. like that is definite like when i go and rewatch scenes of the lion king on youtube it's like the king of pride rock scene and like the whole encounter with mufasa and the yeah. talk with rafiki afterwards those are the two scenes i rewatch all the time yeah. and so um yeah. i definitely missed the whole like mm-hmm. talking like oh this is like the lesson that you mm-hmm. re, you know really learned. Yeah, so. the big yeah. lesson I feel like you learn in the animated movie is about your past and about learning from your past. Yeah. While with this uh, adaptation to live action, I feel like the main one that they focused on was the circle of life versus the line of life, how you affect everyone else around yeah, you. Yeah, that's interesting. Because they spent a lot of time on that, uh, yeah. the line of life, introducing that and all that. Yeah, so. and they, they mentioned that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and then was there anything else you guys wanted to discuss? I mean, overall, we we liked it. I think overall, we all agree that we would give it a hard eighty percent, mm-hmm. solid eighty percent, if we give the original Lion King a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't like oh my gosh, this is better than the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to do that. Oh like, yeah, there was definitely you know there was room for improvement in certain yeah. things like the. The encounter with Mufasa and the animator, they have a cloud shaped like Mufasa. In this one, they just had a bunch of clouds. And, and then, then lightning. It was a cool effect. Lightning flashed in the sh- kind of making giving the cloud like the shape of a face of a lion. Of a lion face, yeah. And it was a cool effect, yeah. but they did the lightning flash like a total of three times. Maybe. So, I, I, I think I counted three times. Yeah. And I, just, I was like, counting. I missed so, that. Like the yeah. lion cloud is so just cool. Just him looking up to the stars and seeing his father there yeah. versus it's so cloudy and there's lightning. Yeah. And even going back to what you said, it was like they sort of slightly changed the overall theme of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. With like something that like I just remembered now is something that they didn't include in the whole encounter with Mufasa scene. It was mm-hmm. the whole, oh, but I can't go back. And yeah. that scene with you, know, um, he's like, "You are more than what you have become." And yeah. Mufasa like tells him that he's like, "You are my son, like, and you must yeah. take your place." And and that whole like, so they definitely mm-hmm. shortened that conversation yeah. that he has, and just that whole scene. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing I like Basically. disliked about the movie. You know, one other scene I noticed they cu- they cut out, which isn't as big, but it's another scene that I love, is after Pumbaa, Simba, and uh, Timon are talking about the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, they laugh at him about the idea of them being like king, past kings in the sky, mm-hmm. and then he like goes off and does his own thing. And then in the original, he like lies down, and then he starts talking to his dad. And he's like, "Why did you leave me? You said you'd always be there." Yeah. 
and they didn't include that. You just see the hairball fly up. <laughs> and then you get the montage of the hairball instead of Simba questioning his father. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a little weird. John Favreau, what are you doing? <laughs> but I don't know. That was all I had to say. I mean, besides that, I, I loved it. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So the next live action movie we won is Bugs Life. <laughs> oh my God. We discussed it and we won it. <laughs> Bugs Life, Lady Bugs and Life. the Tramp. Uh, 101 Dalmatians with the Jess dogs. <laughs> fox and the Hound with Jess the Fox and the Hound. How to Train Your Dragon. Wait, oh wait, that's Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, yeah. We are, overall have you how many of these Disney live action movies have you guys seen? I think the only one I haven't yeah. seen is Maleficent. Really? Have you seen Aladdin? Oh wait, and Aladdin. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of them. I've really only seen Beauty and the Beast. This one and aladdin mm-hmm. that's it the only yeah the only one i haven't seen is aladdin and i'm not really a fan of it like i get it it's cool but it's like do some something original disney yeah, and something that i think definitely can obviously steve and i have said this many times on the episode is just don't listen to critics yeah on, like go watch a movie from your own opinion if you happen yeah. to agree with them cool mm-hmm. if but see like ryan steve and i we all three of us we disagree with critics on mm-hmm. not just this movie but a lot of movies and a so, lot to movies. A lot. And a so, lot of movies. A lot of movies. I don't think there's one movie. Actually, yeah. We'll we'll run it. <laughs> no, no. So, but seriously, like, go watch a movie, whatever it is, and form your own opinion. Because something that I definitely think is contributing to these negative reviews are the fact that it's de- directly being compared to the original, which yeah. is understandable. But then it's like, they expect that perfection of this film. Oh, Because yeah. it's an adaptation. So it's like, oh, it, didn't, it wasn't quite yeah. as good. Mm-hmm. Which, no, it was not as good as the original Lion King. Yeah. But, like, who actually thought it was going to be as good? And yeah, so, you're stupid if you thought it was going to be better than the original. You're, yeah, if you set, if you expect the movie to be as good or better yeah. than the original, you're setting the movie up for failure already. Go in, in your mind, take yeah. the movie for what it is. Which is basically the skeptical and the the visuals of the movie. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I definitely can understand complaints about, oh, the face, like you couldn't really see the lion's emote and the animals and stuff. And that's definitely something that I can't understand. Yeah. But overall, people are like expecting perfection of this movie, I think. Yeah. And I mean... With regards to like the audience score, audience score, I mean the audience score is pretty good. I think it's, like people, so the audience is liking it. I think the audience mm-hmm. is going in. Yeah. Most of the audience is going in expecting like, oh, just a cool it's, remake it's, of yeah. the Lion King. Yeah, and like, I think yeah, we all went in pretty much bar set really low. Like we love the original. I'm really just going in this to hear a new Hans score and <laughs> see the visuals. Like that was me as well. I wasn't expecting anything else, and I walked out satisfied because mm-hmm. my expectations were so low. Yeah, yeah, no. Critics have been uh, not the kindest towards Disney movies. This one has like a fifty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's interesting, but the Aladdin one has a fifty-something. Are ranked super high. <laughs> What's happening? We actually we want to do a conspiracy episode with Peter and Moses or Peter and Stephen. Peter and Moses. Peter and Stephen. Someday we'll do it. Probably this semester. It'll be just a breakdown of the conspiracy that is Rotten Tomatoes and how it's super, 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 super biased. I mean, something that people don't even realize about Rotten Tomatoes is like it's not actually a score per like a percentage of what like the movie is. Like when a movie has like an eighty percent, that's not giving the movie an eight out of ten. That means eighty percent of critics gave the movie a six out of ten or higher mm-hmm. because like sixty percent is considered um, fresh and below that is considered rotten. Yeah. Although sometimes you'll see on the algorithm 
algorithm, you'll, you can actually calculate the score. Like I've seen things that have a 2.5 out of 5, which is a 50% and should be lower, given as a positive review. I've seen things that are... Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. just it's just like the whole. Why do you like? Yeah. Why do you trust critics? Why do you trust um, movie sites? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like rating sites. Go watch a movie. Form your own opinion. We all have different preferences. And if you want to see movie. a movie, yeah. go see the movie. Yeah. Bottom line, like same thing with Far From Home. Like obviously, it was a horrible movie. <laughs> horrible movie. <laughs> I will say it. now. Now that no one else is here, I will say it's a bad movie. <laughs> Yet it has like a ninety on Rotten Tomatoes. But I looked through all of the top critics' comments, and every single one of them has something negative to say about it. So, you know, it's, I don't know, you can't trust critics for your movie experience. You have to do that yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, and even, like, on the subject of comic book movies, since you just brought up Far From Home, it's mm-hmm. like, critics don't, they clearly don't read comics. They clearly yeah. don't actually know the source material of, when you, they, when people are like, oh, Superman doesn't kill... It's like, bro, have you picked up a comic before? <laughs> I laugh in the face of <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. How about that end game, though? <laughs> Anyways. Man, end game. End game's trash. Anyways. <laughs> Big facts. Guys, this was a really good discussion. Super glad we were able to rant about Snyder Cut and Lion King 2 and 1. Oh, yeah. Is there anything you guys wanted to mention while you're here before we end this discussion? I think we're good. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. I'll speak for Peter and and all of Phantom Rant. If you want to stay up to date with what Phantom Rant's posting about the Snyder Cut, <laughs> follow Phantom Rant on Instagram at Phantom Rant Radio. <laughs> yeah, because the intern is pushing out all this content. <laughs> for you guys. Big props to my intern, Ryan Kanzler. For those of you who don't know, I am the CEO and okay, owner we, okay, of Fandom Rant listen. Radio. We played a bet. Well, what was the bet? All right, oh, yeah, so yeah, we're playing Battlefront. Battlefront. And Steven sucks. I'm trash. Okay, we're I'm playing okay, 1v1. I can't do the laser. The lasers? Snipes. I can't do can't sniping. Snip. Can't snip snip. But I will always beat him when it comes to a saber fight. Actually, that's weird. Yeah, it always happens. Never beat me. But anyways, me. I was just hopping around. And I was like, dude, I will give you the rights to Phantom Rant if you can snipe me. And then, like, what is it? One minute later, <laughs> I'm dead. Fun fact. I, he had already killed me, like, four times. I I barely touched him with, like, a laser blast. And then I, I sniped him. Took him out, thus placing Phantom Rant in my possession. Twice and, the pride, and, double the fall. And now I'm the intern. Now he's intern Ryan Kanzler. I'm he, actually he's the in, intern. I'm the intern. The intern. Well, that's a, the, I used to be a intern. Now yeah, I'm the or intern. an intern. You an know, intern. no a intern. A intern, but yeah, not even grammatically correct. By the way, stay woke. Alfred killed Mufasa. <laughs> Alfred killed Darth Vader. Big facts. Facts. Alfred. No. Killed Darth Vader. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Bro. I don't know if, what they're doing with casting for the Batman, with Matt Reeves' mm. Batman, but I'm going to miss Jeremy Irons as, as Alfred. Yeah, if he's not Alfred, I'm going to miss him. He was, a, he was an awesome would Alfred. Would they really bring him back? I hope they you would. They would? I, I mean, want them to. I don't know like what Matt Reeves' plan for casting, if they're like really doing this, act- if it's actually going to be a prequel to BVS or if it's like a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm going to... Like he had like the perfect roasts, like yeah, just roasting, roasting Batman, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> roasting Bruce. It they was, had a good chemistry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to miss that. And then I'll, did you guys, obviously I'll say this, just, I'll just put this out here right now. Um, there, with regards to like news about the Batman, um, or I guess what could have been news, but actually isn't, um, uh, yeah. they, it was, they supposedly got their, uh, cinematographer. They hired Quentin uh, Tarantino, <laughs> his cinematographer, right? Yeah. Uh, the cinematographer that, uh, Quentin, T- Robert Richardson, the cinematographer that Quentin Tarantino uses, mm-hmm. um, he was. It was all of a sudden, like earlier this week, it was like, oh, he's gonna shoot the Batman. He's gonna be mm-hmm. um, the director of photography, and um, then he sort of debunked those rumors, being yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm actually not. And then he said that he was gonna be the cinematographer for Ben Affleck's Batman movie mm. before that fell through because of Warner Bros. and all the meddling that they were doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, Ben Affleck has said that, um. Uh, I couldn't crack the script and everything, but uh, Jay Oliva and uh, Joe Manganiello, who was cast to play Deathstroke, um, they Jay Oliva said that oh, this he was working on it with him. He's like, this is like the best Batman script I've ever read, and Joe Manganiello like confirmed that. Yeah. And speaking of Joe Manganiello, obviously who's cast as Deathstroke, um, obviously we were like, oh, when is his next appearance? Because he's not out of the role. It's similar to a Henry Cavill situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. and like same for as well as Ray Fisher, who plays a uh, cyborg. It's just like, they're still in the role. It's just like Warner Bros. currently not is, doing anything. They're with not them. doing anything plans, with them. Yeah. At least as far as we know, um, who knows, they might be cooking up something behind the scenes. We're hoping that potentially he could be um, the villain in su- the, the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad uh, 2 with James Gunn. Mm. Um, but basically uh, the other day, earlier this week, Joe Manganiello posted um this is talking more about the snyder cut he posted on his instagram a little die um in the middle uh, obviously was deathstroke and then right up the uh two top left top uh, right the top left and top right was the top so it was two then 14 mm-hmm. so 214 214 is the length of the snyder cut yeah and then um the a number below uh, the one, the one at the bottom, right below the um, the mask, the logo of the mask was the number eight. So a lot of people are like, is he trying to tell us that Deathstroke had eight minutes of screen time in the Snyder Cut? Or we could just be reading way too into this. <laughs> I mean, dude, it has, and we will never know. We'll has, never it has, know. It has, has two fourteen. Maybe that's just the way the dice is. We have <laughs> no <guys>. idea. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we encourage you to go listen to our Stranger Things episode coming soon. Talking about season three, it's going to be good. And go listen to all of our binge-worthy episodes if you're interested in Stranger Things. As always, I am your host. (laughs) (laughs) As always, send feedback. And stay ranting. Stay woke. It's like... If you tried doing a Charlie's Angel with guys, mm-hmm. it's like, I was created for girls. No one wants to watch that. No one wants to watch that. Instead of like, mean girls, we bring you mean guys. <laughs> yeah, what? No. <laughs> bye bye, Pitch Perfect. We're bringing you the acapella dudes. <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, literally. It's the exact same thing. And now we're James Bond, but no, it's going to be a girl. It's just not built for that type of story. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll stay optimistic. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs>